I've been looking forward to this day for a long time. We've had many baptismal services through the years, and I and the staff have talked about how incredibly meaningful they were, and that we regretted only 50 or 60 people were there to see them. Well, today, all of us get to see them, and you are going to be blessed. Amen. So, I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 32 through 39. about the first baptism the church ever did. This is a sermon on the day of Pentecost. This is a sermon by Peter in Jerusalem. And this is part of what he said. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. We are brethren in Christ, which means we come from the Anabaptist strain of theology. Anabaptist, Anna means re. We are the rebaptizers. You have to understand that 500 years ago, When people were born into Christianity, they were baptized, usually within the first eight days, and they automatically became members of the church, automatically became members of that country, and all of that. And then there came the Reformation 500 years ago, and the Reformation basically said, look, we need to reform the church, Reformation. And so they reformed the church through Martin Luther when he came up with this startling understanding of Scripture. We are saved by faith, not by works, not by religion, not by belonging to a particular church, not by doing religious ritual. Salvation is a heart thing. But still, even these folks, these reformers, still practiced infant baptism as it had come down. And then came the radical reformers, the Anabaptists, and they said to the reformers, you've done good, but you haven't gone far enough. We don't think that baptizing babies is a meaningful experience as we understand it. You see, they define baptism as a symbol of one's faith, not a sacrament that, like some vending machine, dispensed salvation automatically. Therefore, infant baptism made no sense to our religious forefathers and mothers. How can an infant have faith if this is a symbol of faith? What does baptism mean to a baby? By the way, this got them into a lot of trouble. In fact, it got them killed. Baptism, our forefathers and mothers were killed by the thousands partly because of what I just said to you. That's why baptism means a lot to Anabaptists. Baptism is one of my favorite times. It is a celebration of what God has done in the lives of people. And you're going to hear about it this morning. 
It is a symbol of the faith rekindled, a faith kindled in a human heart that, that led them to Jesus. It is the public proclamation by individuals gathered here for baptism that Jesus is their Savior, their Lord, their hope, their love. And so let's go back to the first baptism. What was the sermon Peter preached that day? Here it is. Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Repent. Greek word metanoia. It means to change one's mind. Now that leads us to an interesting question. What did he mean? Change one's mind about what? Remember, this is in Jerusalem, the center of Judaism. This is at Pentecost, one of the high religious feasts of the country. These Jews already believed in God. He was almighty, and he had they led already them and called them out and helped them escape from Egypt. They believed he was a God of high morality. He gave them the highest moral code in the world, the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments. And they believed in the need for forgiveness of sin. That's why they had the animal sacrifice system. So what did all these devout Jews have to repent of? And the answer is, and he says it right here, in verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. What did they need to repent of? That they had crucified their Messiah. What did they need to change their mind about? They needed to change their mind about Jesus Christ. Jesus, in whom the face of God was revealed. The personality of God was revealed. You see, the early Christians made this astounding assertion that Jesus was the key to history, that Jesus was the creator God, that Jesus was the key to salvation, that in him, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was the key to a relationship with God Almighty. You see, we Christians believe that the heart of our religion, the heart of spirituality, is not a thing, is not, a, is not rituals, is not principles. The heart of Christianity is a person, and his name is Jesus. Sundar Singh, who was born in, Indian, in an Indian Sikh family, was converted and became an itinerant Christian preacher. And he was once asked by an agnostic pro professor of comparative religions in a Hindu college what he had found in Christianity which he had not found in his Hindu religion. And he looked at the man and he said, I have Christ. Yes, I know, said the professor a little impatiently. But what particular principle or doctrine have you found that you did not have before? And he said, you don't understand. What is different about everything is I have Christ. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the way the truth and the life. We do not worship truth per se, or a creed, or rules, or principles. We worship a person who is at the center. You ask, what is the difference between... There are two great differences between Christianity and all other world religions. The first is this. We believe a person is the way. We believe a person is the truth. We believe that... that you know, see, Buddha... Buddha never said, I'm the way. You know, in fact, Buddha said, if you find somebody that, you know, that says they're the way, you know, they, they're lying. 
Muhammad never said he was the way. In fact, on his deathbed, Muhammad was, was wondering whether he was going to heaven or not. And then we have Jesus who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We follow him, not it. He loves us. He touches us. He transforms us. He is the living one who is alive forever. Our religion is a person. And we love him. Now, this morning, what we are saying is that we have discovered who this person is, that this person has come and found us, chosen us, and now we are going to build our lives around him. That is what Christianity means. It means I follow Jesus. I love Jesus. Now, for some that we baptized this morning, they were raised in really good Christian homes. And there probably was a time they, they didn't know when they didn't believe in Jesus. They were taught about him from, from the cradle. They heard him about him from mom and dad and Sunday school and in children's church. Sometimes they even listened to me. It may be that you've always thought of yourself as a Christian. Praise God if you were raised in a home that did that for you. If so, baptism means for you not a changing of your mind so much as a making up of your mind. It's making a promise to follow Jesus, not just because mom and dad did, but because you own your faith yourself. Repentance for you might be saying, I've always known about Jesus, but I want the world to, kn to know I know Jesus, and I love Jesus, and I will follow Jesus. I want the to show the world that he is my friend, as we sang. I am a friend. Then the next thing that Peter says in his sermon after repent, he says, be baptized in the name of Jesus. To be baptized in someone's name means you are under their authority. They're the boss. Jesus is Lord. Jesus can tell me what to do. He can direct my life. And you go, well, you know, in, in this modern world, you have to tell people, why should Jesus direct my life? Let me tell you why Jesus should, should direct your life. I've said it through the years many times. Rebecca Manley Pippert put this in one of her books. It's the greatest thing I ever read about it. She said, why should Jesus be in control of our life? Because Jesus is the only person or thing in the universe that can control us without destroying us. Anything else you give your life to, whether it's money or alcohol, whether it's other human relationships, whether it's a job or a career, eventually those things will let you down and many of them will actually destroy you before it's over with. There can only be one Lord who loves you totally, accepts you totally, and graces you totally, and keeps you from destroying yourself. When you say, I am baptized in the name of Jesus. It says, I not only will love him, I will follow him. I will learn what he wants and I will do it. That means through the community of faith and through the scriptures, I will do that. You see, in our country, something terrible has happened. We have separated loving Jesus from obeying Jesus. We have separated converting to Jesus from being discipled and learning his ways and doing his ways. But Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You cannot separate love from obedience. You, so, you know, it's like saying, I can love my wife and beat her at the same time. Those things don't go together. 
She says amen. Uh, we'll see what happens when I get home. Anyway, <laughs> we follow Jesus in love, and he is Lord. We are baptized in the name of Jesus. And then, then he says, after being, be, you know, uh, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Why? For the forgiveness of sins. All of us have been touched by sin. All of us have had our lives warped by sin. All of us have felt ourselves in the control. The ultimate addiction in the world is sin. It's not alcohol or drugs. It is the inability to break the power of the flesh within us. And it says that when you come to Jesus Christ and you are baptized, Jesus forgives you of your sins. Every one of them. He doesn't go, well, I'll let the small ones go, but you're still in trouble for the big ones. Jesus forgets, forgives all of them. And here's even better. He forgets all of them. Hallelujah. He treats you like you never did anything wrong in your life. Did you? Oh, if you grab hold of that, that will make you dance in the aisles. You see, there is only two ways human beings try to be saved. They either justify themselves or they let Jesus justify them. You're either going to try to save yourself or you're going to let Jesus do it. You, that, that's your only two options. This is the second thing that is the difference between Christianity and every world religion. The first is Jesus, the person of Jesus. He is the way. He is deity incarnate. The second is this. In every other world religion, you must earn your way to heaven. You must earn it. You have to pray seven times a day on your face or you have to go on pilgrimage or you have to give alms to the poor or if you have to go to church or you have to do religious ritual and most of all you have to be good 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 you know i watched this week as they buried muhammad ali and i loved ali man he could i'm i'm you know i'm a i'm i'm a pacifist but man i liked watching him whoop up on people and uh i didn't say as a good pacifist i, I just have tried to be one but, but, <laughs> but it was so sad listening to some of his testimony. His wife, Lonnie, said, you know, Ali signed tens of thousands upon tens of thousands of autographs because he considered it a good work. And he did it because he, he why did he sign autographs for hours and hours and hours? Because he hoped that would be enough to get him to heaven. Because he hoped that would be enough to get him and to heaven. And he prayed seven times a day. And he did all life. kinds of good things. And, and. I'm glad he did all those good things. But how did he know, even at the end, whether it was enough? I re and other religions are like that too. Judaism. I remember at one time I, I was talking to a person who was a, of the Jewish faith, and I looked at him and I said, you are saved by works, right? You, you're saved by being good. And he said, yes. And I said, how do you know you've been good enough? How much good is good enough? And he honestly looked at me and said, I don't know. I don't know. That's what happens when you try to save yourself. You don't know how much good enough is good enough. In Christianity, we say we know, we can know we're going to heaven. You know why? Because it's not based on our goodness. It's based on His goodness. It's not based on us earning anything. It's based on Him achieving our salvation on a cross. 
the reason we get to go to heaven is not because we are lovable, but because he is lovable. And when we accept him by faith, his righteousness is spread all over us. And we can walk right into the throne room of grace. You see, we are saved by faith. We are saved by grace. 2,000 years ago, Jesus himself underwent baptism. He went to the River Jordan, and there was John waiting on him. And it said, and by the way, Jesus was not baptized for his sins. <laughs> Jesus was baptized because he was identifying with ours. And it says, while he was in the river, a dove descended from heaven upon him. And as he rose from the water, there was a voice like thunder from the sky. And the voice, and a dove the spirit in the form of a dove descended, and the voice said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. When we accept Christ's grace bought for us on a cross, baptism not, becomes not just a testimony that we love the Lord, but we accept our belovedness in Him by faith alone. Those in Christ are the beloved of God. You today, if you are a Christian, you are the beloved of God. That ought to make you dance in the aisles too. I love what Craig Barnes says. He says, grace means there isn't anything you can do to make God love you any less. And what will drive you crazy is the discovery that there isn't anything you can do to make him love you more. When it comes to the love of God, all you can do is receive it. And at long last discover that that kind of love makes your life right. That is the blessing we've been yearning for since we were born. In our baptism, we who follow Jesus do not claim perfection. That's hopeless and we know it. Like all of those before us, we will mess up. We baptize to identify ourselves with Jesus and to mark ourselves as a people who will live only by grace. Baptism is the story of the day Jesus found us on the banks of judgment. Every time we see a baptism, we remember that we too have passed through the waters. Like the Hebrews who crossed the Red Sea, we have left slavery behind. Hallelujah. We have passed through the wilderness to the promised land. Baptism proudly proclaims we can begin anew. We are not a slaves to anyone's judgment, not our parents, not our children's, not our ex-spouses, not our bosses, not the devil in hell or the demons, or even from ourselves. We do not live under judgment anymore. We are not slaves to our self-esteem. We are not slaves to the mistakes or sins of the past. Not if we really believe in the grace that is symbolized in baptism. Not if we come to hear the voice. When you become a Christian, you somewhere in there, the same voice that spoke to Jesus is speaking to you going, you are my beloved child. In you I am well pleased. That is baptism. You walk away from judgment. And God gets so excited. He gets so excited. The angels get so excited. They start dancing. Today we accept the fact that we are God's children. That we are loved like Jesus is loved. Can you get that? You are loved like Jesus is loved. Because you are in Jesus. God is pleased with us too as, as we enter into and celebrate the greatest gift ever given to this universe. A relationship with God the Father through Christ the Son. Hallelujah. 
And then here's the final part. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That means as soon as you accept Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit. It's not maybe. It's not if. You get the Holy Spirit. And that means Jesus is inside of you, and you know from firsthand experience that Jesus is alive in you. You know from firsthand experience how much He loves you as the Spirit sheds abroad His love in our hearts. He helps you understand the Bible. He makes you smarter. He gives you wisdom. And here's the other thing that most people miss at at salvation. At salvation, Jesus changes our fundamental nature. The Bible calls it regeneration. And regeneration means to be made alive again. You were dead and you were made alive. He makes you from a bad person to a good person, from a sinner to a saint. And you're a good person because not because you try hard, but because Jesus has made you good. Not perfect, but deep inside Jesus has made you like himself. And I love what J.I. Packer said years and years and years ago. As Christians, we're not perfect and we can make mistakes. But he said, because we have been regenerated, because our fundamental nature has been changed, there is not a Christian who can ever sin again with all of their heart. We can sin, and we will, but you can never sin again with all of your heart because you have the nature of Christ in you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I love what uh, Henry Scogel in 1678 wrote. He said, some think that the essence of spirituality are doctrines and ideas. He said, some think that the essence of spirituality are rules and duties and religious ritual. And he said, some people think that the heart of, of spirituality is emotion and ecstatic devotion he said it's not any of those things he said true spirituality is the union of the soul with god a real participation in the divine nature the very image of god etched on our souls i love that did you know the very image of god has been etched on your soul hallelujah You cannot imitate God or Jesus. It is too difficult. The flesh does not have the power to do it. You can only allow His life to flow through you. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And when the Spirit comes in you, He will teach you. He will guide you. He will make Jesus real to you. He will comfort you. He will make Scripture jump off the page to you. He will make God present to you. He will gift you for significance. He will partner with you in everything. The Spirit is not only in you, you are a new creature. You and the Holy Spirit and your new creatureliness can defeat the power of sin on a regular basis. Not perfectly, but regularly. Hallelujah! The Holy Spirit will help me love my children. I love you, Jesus and Zachary. (laughs) He'll help me be a good neighbor. He helps me in my loneliness. He helps me do what God wants to do and wants done in this situation. He empowers me and lives his life through me and takes me beyond me. 
Because I have been changed from the core. If you are a believer today, you have been changed from the core, from the inside out. We are not here to imitate divine life. We are here to participate in divine life. God's life which is in you right here, right now, because the Holy Spirit, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now you are on the journey of a lifetime of transformation. God is alive in you, and you will never be the same again. And it's because God chose you from eternity. I love the last verse here in verse 39. He says, the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. You are called. Did you, did you hear the phone ringing? You're called. We are the ones that are way off, far off. This is <laughs> what we that. celebrate today in baptism. This is the good news. This is why we rejoice. Because what's going to happen and what you're going to hear is what God has done and what Peter talked about 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. I'm going to read this. Obeying the command of our Lord Jesus and confident of his presence with us. We have come to baptize those who have heard and responded to his call. In Jesus Christ, God has promised to forgive our sins and has joined us together in the family of faith, which is his church. He has delivered us from darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. In Jesus Christ, God has promised to be our father and to receive us as brothers and sisters in Christ. Know that the promises of God are for you, by baptism, God's sign is placed on you to show that you belong to Him. Sharing Christ's reconciling work, you will also share His victory. That dying with Christ to sin, you will be raised with Him to new life. I would like Chantel and Eric and Khadijah to please come forward. Someone told me the story of a pastor that was electrocuted using a mic in a baptistry. <laughs> and I don't think it's going to happen. We're not going to take any chances. So, uh... Okay. I, okay. I would like uh, Khadijah. Would you come on up and get in here? <laughs> it is heated. We, like we said, we've baptized people in swimming pools. We've baptized them in other churches. We've baptized in the Susquehanna River. You know, we've baptized people in the bathroom. No, we didn't do that. But um, I got to tell you, it's great to do it here. Amen. And not only is it great to do it here, it's great to do it in warm water. Hallelujah. My sister, in coming to baptism, you declare your faith in Jesus Christ and announce that you want to be his obedient disciple. Khadijah, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes. Do you believe that he has forgiven your sins? Yes. 
Would you please share some of your story about what brings you to this moment in baptism? You don't know? No, that, oh, that, that, okay. that's right there. <laughs> got you. Um, always, it's like the dove coming from heaven. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, um, I've always loved the Lord. Um, mm -hmm. I'll say uh, I really got closer with God when I moved here with my grandma. Mm -hmm. She's a really big part of why I'm here today, really. Mm -hmm. um, God is good, and it's evident that he is because I'm here right now, <laughs> and I'm thankful for it. I just wanted to say, you know, Teresa Baltimore is her grandmother. And unfortunately, she had a sister that passed, and she's in North Carolina. Teresa would have loved to have been here today. And that's part of why we're videotaping this. And that's part of the why we're going to be looking over this way. It's not that we're ignoring you over here, but this is my better side. And so we're going to look this way. And um, we're go we, the, the other thing I wanted to say is I have watched Khadijah. You know, for a long time, I've watched her. And what has happened to her in the last six months? What God is doing to her in the last six months? She has, she has spiritually come alive in the last six months. And it started with a Bible study with her grandma and with Eric, who is, is her uh, significant other uh, besides me. And uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, honey. And... Um, so um, watching her bloom spiritually has been a great joy to me as her pastor. And so we are really delighted to baptize her. Would you get on your knees? You're, yeah, you're almost under already. This will, this will not be a big leap here, okay? Khadijah, because of your confession of faith, I baptize you into the death of Christ and to newness of life through the power of his resurrection. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, Eric, um, it seems like you ought to come next. So. Watch your step. Oh, it is more of a We just want you to know if you, we want you to know if you fall, we have a number of lawyers in this church. And uh, don't, don't. Okay. <laughs> Eric, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? I have. Do you believe that he has forgiven your sins? I do. Would you please share your spiritual journey that brings you to this point of baptism? Uh, well... My journey began with Christ when I was a child. Mm -hmm. um, and fortunately, there was a tragedy that happened that caused me to not trust in God or the church in itself. And um, it, it took me a long time to even you know, step foot back inside of a church. It took me a long time to even trust God and from that point it just seemed like everything in my life was going wrong to the point where I felt why even you know live anymore and I was at a, a real dark place where you know I was going to take my life but a voice told me I'm still with you mm -hmm. and even though I may have left God 
he didn't leave me. And I'm here today to stand in confirmation of his love and let him know that I love him. And I'm ready to follow him obediently. Amen. With all my heart. Amen. And again, Eric and Khadijah, they, Teresa had a Bible study just for herself and Eric and Khadijah for months. And that has helped bring healing and stuff. And I want to tell you, uh, I don't want to divulge anything about his story, but I want to affirm that it is a miracle that Eric is here today. He has every right to say, I want nothing to do with the church again, and every right to say, I want nothing to do with God again, but God wouldn't let him go. And God held on to him. And God has saved him. And not only has God saved him, there's great healing going on. And so we praise God for this this morning. So Eric, would you get on your knees? And I'm going to let Hank. Because no, you're right here. My brother and sister, in coming to baptism, you declare your faith in Jesus Christ and announce that you want to be his obedient disciple. Eric, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes. Do you believe that he has forgiven your sins? Yes. Because of your confession of faith and in obedience to the command of him who is the head of the church, I baptize you in the death of Christ to the newness of life through the power of his resurrection in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Do you see why we've been so excited about doing this on a Sunday morning? Chantel, I think it's your turn. Stop all that hugging and get up here. I'm so excited. <laughs> Watch, there you go. There you go. Chantel, in coming to baptism, you declare your faith in Jesus Christ and announce that you want to be his obedient disciple. Yes, I do. Chantel, have you received Jesus as your Savior? Yes, I have. Do you believe he has forgiven your sins? Absolutely. Will you share your story about what brought you here today for baptism? Well, I'll make it short as possible, but God has worked so many miracles in my life um, and in my heart and in my soul. I didn't grow up in a church. I didn't grow up in a very good family environment at all. Um, and my idea of God was and that he hated me and I, was I, re I, I rejected God in every aspect that I possibly could for most of my life. I was a drug addict. I was in and out of jail. I was condemned by the feelings of not feeling good enough and not having faith and not having a God that loves me or a father that loves me. And it really started for me. I was in Muncie State Prison serving three years. And I went to church there so that I could get out of my cell, not because I believed in Christ, but I wanted to get out of my cell. And at this particular time, I was very upset and sad because I felt that I did not have a father because my dad abandoned me whenever I was a child. And I went to church this day, and the pastor was talking about lily pads and some frogs jump in or something. <laughs> I don't know. I was off in another dimension. Mm -hmm. And We all would have been. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and the pastor stopped, 
in the middle of the ceremony, and he said, someone in here needs to know that they have a father in God. Mm. And from that day forward, I have never felt alone. Now, I continued to sin after that because I wasn't ready yet. Mm. And then I remember I came on my knees and I said to God, please take my life because I am tired of living this way. Mm. I said, show me a different way or just take me off this earth altogether because I can't do this by myself. Mm. And I ended up coming to a Celebrate Recovery AA meeting. Amen. <laughs> and Pastor Cedra asked me if I knew who Jesus was. And I told her I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a start. Go ahead. <laughs> and then she asked me if I would be willing to be discipled. I had no idea what that meant. You know, and then I was invited into Kara and Chuck's home and I was taught the ways of Jesus and I was Amen. taught the Bible and I was brought into the loving arms of this church and the pastors and the people here. And I am just so filled with the love of Jesus. Mm. And I know that I have a father in God. Mm. And I know that my family is here in front of all of you. Mm. And that I finally have the things that I never thought that I had. Mm. And I am just, I'm overwhelmed. And it says in Isaiah, now I might not get this right, okay. but I'll do my best. Um, he says, do not be afraid. For you are redeemed, for I have called you by name, and you are mine. Yes. Mm. And I am the Lord's, and he has waited and waited and waited for me to come to him. And I am just, I'm so overwhelmed. And like, this is so much excitement. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah, again, an incredible healing journey. We're all on journeys. But some of us have come a little further than others. And some of us have a little further to go, don't we? But praise God that he's with us every step of the way. Even when she didn't know, when, when she thought she was going to just take the easier, hard way, whichever way out, the fact was there was a voice there saying, I'm still with you. Would you please kneel? Yeah, it is warm. <laughs> we try to be, uh, you know, consumer sensitive. So, uh, Chantel, in coming to baptism, you declare your faith in Jesus Christ and announce that you want to be his obedient disciple. Chantel, have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, I have. Do you believe he has forgiven your sins? Yes, I do. Chantel, because of your confession of faith and an obedience to the command of him who is the head of the church, I baptize you into the death of Christ, into newness of life through the power of his resurrection. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I was relatively dry till <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, what we're going to do here is while we all dry off and change clothes, uh, we're going to you're going to worship. When we come back, we will have a presentation. Uh, scripture has been picked for each person and framed, and we're going to present them with that and with baptism and certificate. There will be refreshments out in the youth area, out this way, where you can greet them and love on them and congratulate them and tell them what today 
and what they mean to you, okay? So we're gonna sing for a little bit, and then when we, when we get back in here, we'll do those presentations and conclude the service, okay? Sing What Can Wash. What can wash away my sin? Please stand with us. Nothing but the blood. Withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, 
So our tradition as a church family is to share scripture uh, verses, frame scriptures for you to have to commemorate this day of your baptism. And so uh, Chantel, the verse that the pastors picked for you is Philippians 3, verses 12 to 14. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Khadija, has been such a joy and a blessing to see you blossom and grow in the Lord. And we're excited, not just about where you are today, but where you got to go and where God's going to take you and use you. And so we God thought of this verse with strength. It keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the deer, like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. We're excited for where you got to go. And Eric, we're excited, again, not just because where you are. You know, one of the things when Jesus got baptized, it was the beginning of his formal ministry. So in thinking of where God's got to take you or where he's got to, um, for you, I thought of this verse, and we chose Colossians 2, 6, and 7, which says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. God bless you, brother. We also have baptism certificates. Khadijah, there's yours. Eric, there's yours. Chantel, there's yours. Now we are uh, We're going to conclude this service. I'm going to do the benediction. And again, you can greet these folks in the youth area. However, if there is anyone who needs prayer now, and it's, it's really important that you receive prayer now, some of our intercessors will remain up over here and, and they will pray with you, okay? But otherwise, you're dismissed to go and hug on these people and affirm these folks and welcome them. Um, so let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for days like this. We thank you for stories like this. We thank you, Lord, that your grace has reached down and rescued us from every kind of situation, from every kind of lostness, from every kind of sin, from every kind of despair. We thank you for the grace that found all of us. And we especially thank you for the grace that found Eric and Khadijah and Chantel this morning. Now, Lord, bless them. Keep them. Protect them from the evil one. And continue the healing journey they are on. May they grow in grace and grace upon grace. And thank you, Lord, for the grace that is available to us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Go and eat some cookies for Jesus.